Kane is in the building. <laughs> Now that I'm a college graduate and ready for the real world, Liberty Shirtco has me covered. They have the finest dress shirts made for every occasion. Job interviews, business trips, or even just a casual shirt to wear around. If you use promo code 3 peak during the month of September, you will get 25% off the purchase. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.LibertyShirtCo.com and use promo code 3 peak at checkout. That's valid all September long. Welcome to the third episode of the three P podcast of the fourth season, right? Fourth season, fellas, and uh, and it's just crazy to think and continue to keep making these uh, episodes. So I'm your host, Stephen Benazza. I'm, once again, I'm joined with Josh Ramowitz and Alex Castle. And then today, today we have a special guest, and he's actually part of the three P team. Our social media guy, TJ Hummel. So TJ, welcome. Thank you, boys. Thank you for having me. Of course, and uh, TJ's going to come in during the NFL section and uh, give us some opinions, and he might have a rant for us, and it might be another rant, and maybe for me, probably for me, maybe from someone else too. Um, so we'll get into college football first. They're on Saturday, so we'll, we'll knock them out of the way, and then we'll talk football, obviously give you the fantasy stardom sit but first, there's some breaking news, and there was breaking news last week with T.J. Watt signing, but this week, not the, not the best news. Um, one of our guests that we've had on numerous times, one of our favorite guests, David Kanner, one of his clients, Demarcus Lawrence, so a big one, is out for the season, just broke with, a, I think it was a broken foot. Um, he just happened today, happened today at practice, so... Not ideal for the Cowboys or for DeMarcus Lawrence himself. So from 3P, we're wishing him the best and uh, hopefully hoping for a speedy recovery so he can get back on the field, whether we're Cowboys fans or not. You don't want to see it when the stars in the league go down. So uh, we wish him the best. So starting off with college football, there's some big games, a few upsets, some big games this upcoming uh, week. So first, we'll, we'll talk to Fromwitz because – Promise, if I uh, can recall from your Snapchat story on Saturday, you were in Happy Valley. I was. Uh, I got to see an upset that I was watching on TV that I, actually I called, and I believe you were wrong about. Is that if I'm recalling correctly, you you said that Ohio State would blow out Oregon. Is that correct? Yeah. I listen. I'll uh, I'll make when I'm wrong. So I I did say that. I did say that. So that was fun, just being around a bunch of Penn State fans, hearing them announce it at the stadium was insane. Being surrounded by 105,000 people was insane. There's nothing like it. Because you, you go to a normal NFL game, it doesn't compare to a college football game of that level. It was sick. Yeah, it was Ball State. It wasn't that big of an opponent, but just being there was so cool. The atmosphere is ridiculous. I'm going back this weekend to see them play Auburn. College game day is there this weekend. It's a number 10 seed versus a 22 seed, so it's big-time football. So I'm very excited. 
Stevie, I believe your your Badgers got a big match of this week. Actually, next week. They have a they have a game off this week. Okay. That's what I knew their next game was Notre Dame. Yeah. So, I wasn't sure if it was this week or next week. Okay. Yeah, so it's uh, the twenty fifth. So they got a week to prepare and they better, you know, bring it next week. But you know, I'll get more into that uh, next week's show. But for this past Saturday, granted they just played Eastern Michigan, but they actually look like a, a good football team. They ran for over 300 yards. Just Ches Malusi had over 100 yards in like the first quarter. And then it was good. Jalen Berger finally got in the game. So thank you, Paul Chris, for listening to the show and actually putting him in. Graham Mertz, once again, didn't look too good. Didn't have any passing touchdowns. Also didn't have any uh, interceptions. So I guess can't complain that much. But I'd like to see him really take a step because – He's talented, and I don't know what's holding him back. Um, but I like what I see. But my brother, on the other hand, Ohio State fan, was not not happy. And we were actually at a golf tournament. And uh, I wasn't golfing. I was just kind of running around in the golf cart with my dad. And pretty much my job was to uh, give updates to my brother as he was golfing. And there weren't too many good updates for him. And uh, especially when C.J. Shroud, who, listen, I'm not, the game was not on him. He balled out. So I, if any Ohio State fan or any college football fan, uh, fan said that C.J. Shroud cost them that game, they better take a look at this, uh, themselves in the mirror and rethink about that because that man had over 400 passing yards, a couple touchdowns. It was just – it. Was, I mean, sometimes the offense, yes, didn't capitalize on every chance, but the defense was just allowing scores after score after score. It was just, um, and it was running touchdowns. It was just, yeah, their linebackers just, and it didn't look like they were in the game. No, not, not at all. So, and then that Penn State game this week, that's going to be an interesting game, you know, to see is Penn State legit? And Auburn has kind of been an underdog this year uh, with Bo Nix, and they've been kind of ranked pretty high the past couple of years, and now this year. Really, really low ranked in the bottom part of the top 25. And I don't even think they were ranked coming into the season. So that game will be interesting. And I'm sure I, that's a whiteout game. So it's going to be a fun atmosphere. And I think college game day, that's going to be electric there. And I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy game. I'm so excited. Tune in, ABC, 730. It's going to be crazy. Where are you, where are you sitting? Uh, right now, no tickets. We're just enjoying the tailgate and going to enjoy the madness of college game day. Hey, you know what? Sometimes that's the best. That's sometimes that's the best, you know? It, it, I mean, that stadium is massive though. Oh yeah. 105,000. And I think they have capped at like 110 before. It's crazy. That's just absurd. Especially then, and obviously when you went, I'm sure there was like a bunch of white and blue, but like to see 105,000 people all like in one color, I mean, that's just going to be absurd. And, yeah, Bo Nix better be ready because that Penn State defense is tough, especially when it's that loud in there. Woo, forget about it. They better have, so, their, audible, they better have their audibles ready because they're not going to be able to hear the, the play calls at all. No. And that happened to Shea Patterson in Michigan just a few years ago. And, you know, Michigan is used to playing in um, at Penn State Stadium. So – Auburn, I don't know if they've ever played there, if it's been a while, but, you know, obviously SEC, so 
they're not traveling to a Big Ten school, especially one like that. So I granted they're used to playing in Alabama and LSU and stuff like that, but Penn State Stadium, that's something different. So definitely going to be a great game to watch. And then Castle, I mean, I don't know uh, how your Rutgers doing. We're 2-0, and baby. We beat Syracuse by 10. Something magical has happened with the Scarlet Knights team. The only thing I'm not too happy about is we've been experimenting with like three to four different quarterbacks, actually including a kid that I know from my town. Uh, he started out at Boston College, uh, and now he's been with Rutgers. I think this is like his second or third season. But he's not. they're not utilizing him the way they should. So that concerns me with Shiano. But otherwise, I've seen such a turnaround with this defense. One of our biggest issues was defending in the red zone. And we did that so well uh, this past week against Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse is not, you know, they're, they're obviously not a top, top program, but they're not a team to sleep on. They, they usually get some solid talent. So very happy with what, what I have uh, seen so far. And, and I'm going to continue to expect, uh, expect things to get rolling. But something that I want to talk about, because, you know, it's been established on the show that I don't know college to the full extent. I want to know what your guys' opinion is on this whole coaching thing with USC. They fired the guy after one game. There was all the speculation about Urban Meyer. Obviously, he turned that down because of what he's currently doing with the Jags. Is this from from you know from your guys' perspective? Was this a surprise or? Has this kind of been coming for the Trojans? Uh, Thomas, I'll go first, if you don't mind. Um, USC, to be honest, hasn't been the same school and the same name that they had when Reggie Bush was there and they were going to the Rose Bowl and all these other bowl games. Um, so I thought maybe Clay Hilton was going to turn around a little bit, and especially with Keaton Slovis coming back. And he kind of, I thought maybe would be a Heisman candidate. But after these first two law, uh, although they won the first game, but not by much. And then a blowout loss to Stanford at UC USC, just not good. And um, I guess USC just wanted a change. And we'll have to see if that turn out to be the right one. seems like they still can't find that guy. And obviously, like you said, Urban Meyer, is going to stick with the Jaguars, as he should. I, you just – why are you going to coach one game and then already – or, you know, obviously he'd probably coach the season. So coach one season in the NFL and then just drop all the stuff and leave? No. And you just got Trevor Lawrence as your franchise quarterback. So I think he's making the right choice. But they're seeing a guy like Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City, the Chiefs. That's like his dream job. I don't – I think he's from that area. So that could be an interesting target for them. And it's funny, my cousin actually goes there, and uh, he's not we – We're my brother and I were hyping uh, Slovis up to him and kind of USC, the team, because we're saying that hey, they should be pretty good. And he's not too happy right now. Let's just put it that like that. Can't blame him. But, uh, okay, that, 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 definitely, that definitely makes a, a little more sense. Josh, I know you want to give your opinion. Yeah, I'm just very confused by the by the whole situation because, yeah, coaching firings happen all the time, midseason, postseason, whatever. But just some of the targets that they're saying now are ridiculous. 
Eric Bieniemy is in the beginning of his season with the Chiefs, right? He's still the OC there because he didn't. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, he didn't fight the bait with the Jets, so we know he's still there. Exactly. Um, James Franklin, Penn State's head coach, is being thrown in the mix. Like that, that it just doesn't make sense. Some of these head coaching uh, options for them because they're at established programs or teams that are in the beginning of their year. I would get if this were in the off season, but to do it now, are they trying to get like some sort of advantage by getting a like a huge head start? I, I don't really know. I don't know either. And like you said, be kind of weird. Like the enemies, I don't think is going to just leave Kansas City. Drop a drop of a hat right now. So I think this would all be after uh, this season. But uh, who knows? And it's just it's interesting because uh, um, USC's got a big name, and for them to kind of keep cycling through these coaches and not putting a a winning product like they used to have out there it's it's concerning for the school so that's why they're trying to do everything in their power to find the right guy so i think i think um that's about it for college football unless if you guys have anything else by the way i do uh back to Rutgers. i, I like their uh special 9-11 uniforms those were nice they they did a good job paying tribute yeah it was it was all around, all around great game. I haven't been this excited about Rutgers football probably since Ray Rice was playing for them, which, which says a lot. So, It does say a lot. So with that being said, we'll, uh, we'll hop on over to uh, the league on Sundays, NFL. And this Sunday wasn't good for us. Wasn't good for us at all. The Jets, the Giants, or the Bears. So, we're all not happy. This is a part of the show where it's going to be rant after rant after rant. So, pretty much, pretty much uh, now Siri's going off. Now she's going to be ranting at me. So, because uh, she, she knows what's coming. She knows what's coming, and she's telling me to shut up. So, from, it's, I feel like your team had the less of the rant. And then, like, too, too, too bad you knew that. Week one with a rookie quarterback, new coach, some guys being out and stuff like that. It wasn't going to be uh, the best product you saw, but there's some things in that game I'm sure you're not happy about. So, Fromitz, you have the stage. Um, yeah. I think the best way to describe Sunday's Jet game is a tale of two halves because the first half, it looked like the Jets put on a middle school, not even like JV or varsity team. They put on the middle school football team to face off against the Panthers. And that's exactly what we saw. No offense, no defense, nothing. Sam Darnold, easy touchdown to Robbie Anderson. Every Jet fan knew that was coming. A 50-something yard touchdown bomb, no defense to, in sight. But the second half looked a lot better for the Jets. Zach Wilson connected to Corey Davis for two beautiful touchdowns. And we saw the flashes of talent that he has in that game. But the big issue is there was no O-line whatsoever. 
it honestly looked worse than the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. He was running for his life every play. I'm very concerned if that's what our O-line is going to look like because we've been hearing all offseason and all training camp long that we have a new O-line and they're going to protect Zach Wilson. But if that's what they consider protecting Zach Wilson, then as a Jeff fan, I'm terrified because the Panthers are far from the best pass rush we're going to face this season. So I hope that this is just a fluke and it's first game of the season jitters that caused this. But we also lost Makai Becton, which is arguably our best offensive lineman. And they're saying it could be six to eight weeks or the rest of the season if he gets, if he needs surgery. So very worrisome right now, but we had to shift our focus to New England home opener, Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson, rookie QBs facing off. So I do like the matchup. New England still has Belichick, so that fears me, but they're not what they used to be. They're 0-1 coming into this game. So we have the same record, even playing field. So I'm optimistic that we'll come out with the dub. Now, uh, two questions for you. Mekhi Becton, was it ACL? They haven't announced. They have said knee. At first, it looked like it was an ankle injury, just by the way he landed, because what happened was on a uh, he fell back and landed on one of his teammates. Like I guess it took him out, so it looked like it was his ankle, but they're saying knee. So I really don't know. They're, the coming days, they'll announce if it's the severity, if, it's, if it needs surgery. And then this game against the Patriots, is it home or away? It's a home game. So... The Jeff fans will be there. I wish I could be there to support them, see Zach Wilson's first game as a Jet at home. And there was a lot of bright side in the second half that has me feeling optimistic for the start for for this game because we were able to move the ball. We didn't look sluggish anymore. We were able to establish a run game with Carter and Coleman, and the passing game opened up. Corey Davis, two touchdowns, 100 yards receiving. Jamison Crowder is back for this game. He missed the last, the first game because he had COVID. Uh, Keenan Cole, a big pickup in, in the offseason. He's playing. He missed the last game with an injury. So we do have, we'll have our full weapons. So I am optimistic on Sunday. All righty. All righty. So uh, listen, this is kind of a, a waiting game. All right. So now, TJ and Castle, you're both going to go on a rant with the Giants. So do I just get my rant for the Bears, or do you guys want to go first? I think since it's two of us, give your, give your spiel about the Bears, and then we'll go about the, the, the boys in blue. All righty, so uh, my boys in Navy suck. And, ah, God, this is just tough. This is just tough. It's not fun. Sunday Night Football – it was not good to watch. Matt Stafford just carved up our defense. Eddie Jackson in the whole secondary couldn't tackle. They just had no idea what they were doing. They let up, like, huge bombs. And, like, Eddie Jackson just, would, like, did not look like his normal self. And Matt Stafford just took advantage of it. I'm, I'm like, going speechless right now because I'm just, like, replaying the game in my head. 
and they just looked awful. But this shouldn't be too much of a surprise because we cut Kyle Fuller. We then signed Desmond Trufant to take his spot, which obviously wouldn't be replacing him fully, but at least he was a solid veteran guy. And then they ended up cutting him. So you have Jalen Johnson, a second-year guy who I really like as your number one corner, and then this other guys are unproven guys. Now, granted, Eddie Jackson and Tashawn Gibson, Gibson should not be playing that bad. They looked awful, and especially Marky Christian, he's awful. He's got to get off this team, or else they're going to just—he's going to keep getting shredded. So the defense has a lot of work to do, and then once again, Cleo Mack just did not look like he was present, and I just don't get why. I mean, you got at the time you're the highest defensive uh, player in the league getting paid. So what's going on here? You just got your money and that's it. I mean, you think you'd want to be one of the game's best and he was in Oakland, but hasn't really been like that in Chicago. And then offensively, same, same news, same news. Andy Dolan sucks. We knew this coming in. We know this now. The rest of the offensive guys, they actually Dave Montgomery looked phenomenal. Yeah, he he, he embarrassed me. I had him as a sit him. He really embarrassed me. So yeah, good on you, Montgomery, for showing up. Yeah, it was good to see. But he could be a real game changer for you guys again this season, just like he was towards the end of last. I I hope so because no one else can really, especially with the kind of play calls that Nagy's calling. I mean. You added all these speedy guys. Marquise Goodwin, Demary Bird. Um, obviously, Darnell Mooney was a, is now second-year guy. Expect to add him more in, uh, in a role, wide receiver two. And then all these other speedy guys, and they're just running quick little outs. Stretch the ball downfield. That's what the Rams did. And they ended up putting up 34. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that we would have put up 34, but they – well, maybe we could have gotten a big play here and there, but they did it. And then the couple of plays that Justin Fields got put in, he scored, and he completed two passes. So why don't you just play him? They should just play him from the start. And instead, you want to go with Andy Dolan. And again, following the stupid model, or because you told Andy Dolan he's a starter. He has no ties to us at all. Yes, he signed the offseason and was told he was going to be the starter because the only quarterback on the roster was Nick Foles. You got Justin Fields. Why do you care what you owe Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton's not going to be on this team next year. So why do you care? And Matt Nagy, if your offense keeps playing like this, <clears throat> your team keeps playing like this, you're going to get fired. So if I were you, I would play Fields, give the fans what they want, and actually give your uh, give the team a chance to compete and win, the, win these games because – the way we played, I think Cincinnati can kick our ass. I really do. I mean, Cincinnati played – they beat Minnesota, but they looked pretty sharp. And that was Joe Burrow's first game coming off a torn ACL. So, I think that's my rant. I'm not happy. Nagy's got to do something different. The defense has to step up and do something different. And I think we need some new guys on this team, which is a little too late now, but – they, you know, they can't just sit back and let things play out. No, they needed to make some changes. And, of course, half our linemen got hurt, too. So, that's just a cherry on top. Six catches, 35 yards. 
That's Allen Robinson's stat, Steve. Yeah. 11, 11 targets also. So it's not like they're not targeting him, targeting him at all. No, it was just in tight coverage because Andy Dolan's trying to get the ball out fast because one, the line's not that good. And two, he's not mobile. And three, just, I don't know. He just was just targeting right away. Then maybe go through all his progressions on like fields. Just let fields start. Let, just let him start. That, that's all I'm saying at this point. Mac Jones looked pretty good. Zach Wilson looked pretty good. Trevor Lawrence, yes, threw three picks, but still didn't look awful. Granted, against Houston, but still, whatever. Still, these guys, and Trey Lance, in one couple of ways, he came in, he looked good. So let the rookie play, man. Let the rookie play. All right. Enough for Chicago, enough for the Bears, because it's the same rant, too. It, and it's not like it never changes. So, Castle and TJ. TJ, I'm going to let you go first because, like we said, we didn't, there's usually never a Castle rant. So, this is going to be some big three-peat history right here. So, TJ, I want to hear what you have to say as our guest. So, uh, take but before, before he does, he is part of the three-peat team. So, TJ, if you want, give, give the fans a little introduction before you rant. Let, let, let them know who the man behind the rant is. All right. I, I suppose I can do that. Uh, well, I'm, my name is TJ. Uh, I'm a senior at the University of Hartford, where I met these fine gentlemen. Go Hawks. Sure. Um, I'm an avid sports fan. I'm a massive Giants and Yankees fan. And I also dip my feet into Boston sports with the Celtics and the Bruins. Die hard for all four of them. Give me all the stuff you want about liking two of the, like, the most heated rivalries of all time, whatever. I'm all for it. Uh, but yeah, so Castle, oh. Giants. Yep. I feel like this is the same rant every Giants fan gives to everybody after week one of every season for the past nine seasons. I completely agree. It's, uh, I mean, you know, let me, let me put it to you this way. When the guy that you draft so highly, you know, Daniel Jones. Trade up, I believe, is, also, right? The Giants traded up for this, right? Yeah, they traded up and took him at eight, right? Yes, and he was projected to go – after 15 to Denver. I hate to do this guy. I actually think they stayed put. I they may have stayed put and taken him early. I think they just took him. Yeah, super I don't, we, regardless, he, we reached for him. This is a guy who's leading the league in turnovers since 2019 with 40 turnovers. 40 as a starting quarterback. And this is a guy who how many – people, whether it's the media, whether it's the fans, have emphasized that he needs to secure the ball better. And what does he do? He fumbles the ball on Sunday. You know, it's such a basic principle as a football player to secure the ball. I know he's not a running back, but he's a mobile physical quarterback who does like to get out of the pocket. And the fact that Joe Judge, who's so key on principles and basics, hasn't harped on this enough clearly, that's one of the things that's mind-boggling to me. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, having 40 turnovers, like 40 fumbles in your first three seasons as a quarterback isn't good. And I think the only thing that I've seen him correct with that 
is that when he runs out of the pocket now, he actually puts two hands over the ball and like he embraces for the contact. But even then, he's still letting the letting the ball go like he's like he's got butter. It's you know what I'm saying? It's very frustrating. And I I you can, you know, you can agree, you can disagree. I think it's a confidence thing. I really do think that the pressure of being the Giants quarterback is still with him. You know, think about it. He's a kid from North Carolina, I believe. He played at Duke, which is not a big football school. So he was able to succeed there with his skills. But now he's playing on one of the biggest stages in the world. Mm -hmm. And you got all these different people analyzing and watching you. I understand that there's the pressure. But when you put the work in in the offseason, when you emphasize that you've gotten bigger and that you, you know, feel more connected with your offense, something, something's got to click. And I just didn't see that week one. I saw the same Jones making these sloppy mistakes. And I, I don't want to say that I'm done with him already because I do say I'm done with him at, when I'm frustrated. But yeah, my, myself included. I mean, obviously we don't have a great backup quarterback in Mike Glennon, but yeah, DJ, wait, we're not saying bench Daniel Jones for Mike Glennon. We're not anymore. saying bench Jones, but could this be his last season? Uh, honestly, I wouldn't disagree. I could see him maybe drawing some interest at maybe say a deadline or as as like draft bait, if you will. Because if they fully give up on Daniel Jones, they're going to have to draft a quarterback. This sounds way too familiar. Yeah, right? You've probably seen this one before, From. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, like, I – so for those who don't understand, I'm talking about Sam Darnold, who was the Jets quarterback for the past three years. The Jets traded him to Carolina for the Jets to draft Zach Wilson. and And – Honestly, it was good for both sides, in my opinion. Sam Darnold needed that fresh start, and he looked good with Carolina, not denying that at all. And the Jets get a new quarterback in Zach Wilson who has a ton of potential. Who knows? Maybe the same could be with Daniel Jones. New York is a huge market. He might need to go to a small market team where he won't get as much criticism. Say, I don't know, like a Carolina-type market that yes he'll still get criticized because he's a he's a quarterback in the national football league but he won't have the 24 7 eyes on him like he is in new york i think first team that comes to mind houston he's a young quarterback yeah they have tyrod taylor but we know what his career's been like he'd have multiple running backs to take the pressure off of him but we're, we're getting off track here we got to talk about yeah. still talk about so this 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 week this week one game against a team that was so beatable at home and we gave up 27 points we got to talk so i think the conclusion for me and you could say what your conclusion about jones is my conclusion is is that it this is this is his do or die season it's a short week but i hope he corrected his mistakes and if this is the pattern that he continues to take, we will not see Jones in a Giants jersey next season. The thing is, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. 
Yeah. I, I was I was talking to a bunch of buddies about it, like in the off season. Like this is Daniel Jones's do or die. Because if if he can't correct the wrongs that he's made so far in his career, will he ever correct them ever? I don't. It's it's a mystery, and and you know I hope Joe Judge and Jason Garrett, who I want your opinion on Garrett. <laughs> I've seen online a lot of people say fire Jason Garrett. I don't totally feel that way. I don't think the play calling was. He awful. loves running stick. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He does. It's but I, I'm not. Totally, it's his go-to gig. I'm not totally against him. I I think that there needs to be adjustments made, but. I'm not totally fire Garrett. I'm not like that yet. I, I think they need to utilize the weapons that they got in the draft and in this offseason. Like Let's we, talk we, about the Like guy. we saw Kadarius Tony for how many snaps? Three? I think he was used, utilized three different and times. Then yeah. They threw to Kenny Galladay when it was per, per the guys over at Talking Giants when it was garbage time the last six minutes of the quarter. They. They threw it. They targeted Kenny Galladay into, it's like double coverage in the end zone. I think he had, I think he was targeted six times, and out of the six times, caught the ball four times, only getting sixty-four yards. Now we're paying this guy seventy-two million dollars over four years. It was emphasized. Jones needs a number one. Oh, their chemistry is developing in the offseason. Really? You could have fooled me. Yeah. However. I will say that the one bright spot with with that receiving core, from Sterling what I Shepard. saw, absolutely. I, I'm going to put this out there right now. This will be the best season of his career. He's he's in the best shape he's been. He was killing it during training camp, and and I'll get more into that later. But I, he was one of the few guys that I was very happy with. And the line too. I know a lot of people won't admit it, but our offensive line improved. It, it, it did show flashes of with- improvement. With the exemptions of Nate Solder and a few big mistakes that are easily corrected with Will Hernandez as well. I you weren't happy with Hernandez? He, I was happy with him. He made a few mistakes that I wasn't happy with, but he's been the player to fix those mistakes since he came, since he came to the league. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you both a question. Um, so, yes, the Giants' offense looked terrible, but – their defense, in my opinion, looked even worse. And I've been hearing all preseason long, Castle, you've been telling me, TJ, you as well, you've been saying, like, this Giants defense looks good. Arguably, the secondary could be one of the best in the league with Bradbury, Logan Ryan, uh, Adoree Jackson, Peppers, you name it. But whether it was the air attack or on the ground, the Broncos just shredded them to pieces. Well, so I'm gonna What's answer- up with that? <laughs> I'm going to answer you. Uh, it was a tale of two halves with that defense. The Giants were winning at one point in the first half. They held, they, they were, they held, it was like seven to three, I think, before the Broncos just started scoring. But the defense, they started great. Yeah, they, they gave up some chunk here and there. But then after halftime, they completely fell apart. Like every ounce of defense energy they had left was gone when they left when they went into the tunnel. At least that's what I thought. Castle, you can you can agree or disagree. It, it's it's tough because after the after the game, 
I put the blame on the defense's struggles with the amount of time that Jones had the offense on the field. Defense played 90 to 95% of the game. However, I do have to also validate what Josh said, how this defense projection top five defense in the league, and you're giving up 27 points to Denver at home. I don't know what was going on in the mind of Patrick Graham. You know, I don't know if he was just completely thrown off by Bridgewater's performance. You know, I mean, Denver's got good receivers. Cortland Sutton, well, Judy's hurt now, uh, Hamler. You know, they, they're not a team to, to take lightly, but they're a team that our defense should have easily been able to, to lock down. I'm, I'm going to go with maybe first game jitters. It's very possible. You know, Adoree Jackson is, was coming off an injury. So his performance, it's very, very possible. We also did get rid of BJ Hill and added Danny Shelton. So there definitely were adjustments made to the, the defense prior to that game. I think, I think Patrick Graham, he's not like, he's not a Steve Spagnuolo who's a defensive genius, but I miss bags, but besides the point, uh, Patrick Graham proved that he can make that defense pretty damn good last season. Down the line, the defense was much better than they were in the first half of last season. But I think I'm going to go back with it's, it's a first game jitter thing. I think these guys are all coming back. They're, it's their first game together as a group. I think, I think it's going to be improvement from here on out for that defense. And that's I, I hope so. Sorry, Castle. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I, I hope so. I mean, you know, I'm looking at tomorrow night's game against Washington, and I'm very nervous. They've got one of the best defensive lines in the league. No fits magic, which, okay, it definitely puts me at ease a little bit. But Heineke should not be taken lightly with his performance. Agreed. And – you know, we they they got their guys. You know, they got McLaurin. They got the dual. They got the dual running back situation. They got Logan Thomas. No Curtis Samuel does help too. So they're going to be putting the ball to Terry a lot. Yeah. But tomorrow's game is very very concerning. I'm not going into it with a lot of optimism. Yeah. I'm going in, I'm going to go into it with the same optimism that I had when we beat Washington twice last year. That's fair. That's fair. We do have we do have our track record with beating Washington. Josh, you were gonna ask something or say something? Yeah, yeah. One more thing that you guys didn't get to mention, and I think it's a pretty big piece that might be concerning to a lot of fans, is Saquon Barkley's performance. And yes, I know he's coming off that injury, but if he's not ready, then there should have been no reason for him to play in week one. But if he is ready, then we got to see something 10 carries 26 yards is not what fans expect the coaching staff expects when you have a struggling quarterback in Daniel Jones and you lean on your workhorse in Saquon to get the team going and he just didn't do that yeah I I feel like you can play some devil's advocate here like Saquon, yeah, he's coming off the ACL injury and the surgery. He he was he tried to do what he could with what he had. The team was just playing so poorly. The guy couldn't be as explosive and as maneuverable as he could be. 
especially with like only only getting 26 yards on, on running the ball like that's not how you run the ball so that can also go back down to Jason Garrett and and the run calling and the play calling but I, I don't I don't want to point fingers on on anybody I don't want to blame Saquon yet I think it's it's first game judge wanted to take it a little easy with him I think I think it'll be much better come tomorrow and the rest of the season Castle, how about you? Well, I have some advice for you guys. Okay, yeah, yeah, shoot. As a Bears fan, especially in the past couple of years, you know, there was a lot of, like, fingers being pointed, like, was it Mitch's fault? Is it Nagy's fault? And, you know, is it whoever's fault, the Lions' fault? Just blame Adam Gase. That always works. Well, that's and yeah, with it. Adam Gase, then that always works. And, you know, for a while, you want to, like, point the fingers, like, you know, for me, some people pointed the finger at Nagy right away. But I was like, no, it's not. It's Mitch. I mean, if you see some of his decisions he makes or some of the throws he made, like, he wide open guys and just either missed them um, with his throw or just missed them by not even, like, seeing them and looking at them and try to force something and whether that was picked off or incomplete. So I was kind of like, I love Mitch, but he just can't process the game. But now thinking about it, listen, yes, Mitch is not like ideal. He's not a good starting quarterback. Can he play in this league? Yes. He's shown games where he, I mean, that game against the Buccaneers a couple years ago, three years ago now, where he threw six touchdowns in a game and over 350 yards, or the game against the Cowboys where he um, went off. He had like three passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. So there's games where he, he has done well. Same thing Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has shown that he can play in this league. He may not be a long-term, long-term starting quarterback, but he has shown flashes – of him being able to do good stuff in this league. And that's where I'm looking at it now. And I'm thinking, you know, Matt Nagy may be a decent leader. Um, one, he's not a good play caller anymore. Or he needs the right situation like he had in Kansas City. So same thing with Jason. Like, you might have to point some fingers at, you know, obviously the players have to go and play, but if the coaches are not giving the players the right opportunities, then the players can only do so much. They can only do so much if they're just running halfback draws on third and deep, like the Giants did with Devontae and Saquon a few times. Or the Bears receivers are not going to get – Allen Robinson's going to have a stat line of 635 if he keeps running small little outs. And same thing with the Giants receivers with running sticks. So it comes to a point where Kenny Galladay should be a guy going deep and mossing it over guys like he did in Detroit. And I give Detroit credit because poor Detroit just ha- didn't have a good team around them in overall good coaching. I think Dan Campbell's a good coach now, but Stafford was slinging it. And the Lions would score points. Their defense just was never good enough to help them win games so there's certain teams where 
they can they can score some points and they they can uh, their play calling is good. And you have teams like the Giants and Bears where they have guys who can do well in this league. We know that Galladay, Saquon, Allen Robinson, Montgomery, and then the quarterbacks. Obviously, I'm not going to count Justin Fields, but Andy Dolan. Yes, I don't think Andy Dolan's good, but he had a Pro Bowl season or two with Cincinnati. So he has done well in this league. And then same thing with Jones. His rookie year, he looked pretty good. So, and I'm now going to end this rant because uh, we have to move into the stars and But to me, I think a lot of these coaches get off like, nah, it's the players because they're actually going out there. But I think, no, you got to start pointing the finger at the coaches and the play callers, both offensively and defensively. So that's my little spiel. It's my little advice. Uh, I appreciate but, it. It's, it's always good to get a perspective uh, of a fan outside of the Giants fan base to know that it's not just me and TJ going crazy here. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm going to take that advice, Stevie. I'm going to put it in my pocket and save it for a rainy day when I'm really hating on the Giants. <laughs> and I'll, be, I'll, I'll join a Zoom call for you, and I'll be probably saying the same thing with the Bears. So I'm looking forward to a rainy day. might be tomorrow. I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow. So. I mean, okay, sounds good to me, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, was a, that was a nice little section, a uh, long section with the NFL. Obviously, there's always a lot of stuff going on, especially with our teams. Hasn't been too – the draft season was good with our teams, but um, since the season started, not so good. But hopefully everyone's fantasy season, uh, season has started off well. I know uh, in my two leagues I went one and one, so I won uh, – the league with some of my, uh, my brother and some of my old roommates from here at school. And then I lost in the league at home. And um, so, you know, some advice from you guys was good. I know my, my predictions last week weren't the best. So I apologize to anyone who listened to me and probably lost their league because of it. So, I do apologize. So whether you're not, you listen to my take this week, I understand, but I'm still going to give it to you anyways. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to go first. I'm going to go first. You guys can wait. So my stardom and this one, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm ruthless towards them because they pissed me off watching them. So I'm going to say, start Jamar Chase. Start Jamar Chase. Listen, his first game as an NFL wide receiver Wait, against the Vikings. Before you, go who, on, before you go on, who's he playing this week? I said it, the Bears. Oh, I didn't hear that. I just wanted to make yeah. sure I heard it. Okay. Well, he got me there because I didn't say the Bears, but I said they paid me to watch them. So, but they're going against my Bears. But you know what? The way they looked, any receiver is going to be able to score points on them. So, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. That connection from LSU two years ago from the national that whole undefeated season, Heisman winning season for Burrow, national championship winning season. I mean, they did not miss a click. And they, I'm not gonna say Minnesota's defense is what it used to be, but it's still not the worst defense in the league. And Jamar Chase kind of shut them up a little bit. I think I believe he had five catches for over hundred yards and a touchdown. So I think unless – even if Jalen Johnson's on him, I still think Jamar Chase will have a decent day. But if Jamar Chase lines up against Marky Christian or Kendall Vildor or whoever else the Bears could possibly put in 
he's gonna he's gonna work them. He's gonna go off. So there it is, Jamar Chase. And then while I'm at it, I'll get my other one. Tyler Lockett. Now this one might be seem like a more obvious one, but if you have other guys, listen. Tyler Lockett roasted the Colts defense, and same thing. Colts defense is pretty good. They were one of the better ones last year, and their secondary is pretty good too. So obviously, I know they have DK and Chris Carson look good, but Tyler Lockett is a go-to option, a safe option for Russell Wilson. He has been for a long time now. And he showed that last week, scoring two touchdowns, putting up uh, 100 yards. So I think even if he doesn't score two touchdowns or put up a yard, I expect him to score at least once and put up some decent yards. And I believe he's going against Tennessee, who I'm not mistaken because I remember I had Kyler playing last week. Kyler absolutely destroyed them, destroyed them. So I know Tennessee kind of has a pretty good defense, but their secondary is not. It's not the sturdiest. It's not um, not most consistent. So, yeah, he's going against Tennessee. So, I think Russ and uh, Lockett will go off as Burrow and Chase will go off against my Bears. So, those are my two stardoms. Castle, let the people know who they should start in fantasy football this week. Well, one of them is uh, definitely going to be a shock. I This goes against everything I believe in. But – if you're looking for a solid number two receiver or flex, then you should start Corey Davis. He has the best relationship with the young quarterback. He had two touchdowns last week against Carolina's defense, who in my opinion looked good. I think he's going to have another good weekend against New England. I, you know, like Josh said earlier, the Pats are not the same team. And I think Zach Wilson and this offense are still trying to figure things out, especially with some guys missing. And I think when the going gets tough and when he's on the run, he's going to throw to the guy he's most comfortable with. So start Corey Davis. I think he's a solid option. And the other guy, this is not biased. You can look at the stats. Sterling Shepard put up 24.3 points last week. Had a big touchdown. Like I said earlier, he's going to have the best season of his career. I think he's an underrated guy on that offense because with all the other names that they have with Slayton and Galladay and Tony, no one thinks of Shepard. He's had his injuries, but no, I'm telling you, Jones is going to dump the ball to him a lot again. They, the offense is so spread out that this guy's on the inside and, and he could do great things. And there's no Evan Ingram this week. It's, it's Kyle Rudolph again, and Rudolph's not a long ball guy. He's a red zone guy, so that only increases his chances even more. I don't recommend starting him at a number one. I think he can be a number two, definite flex. And those are my two stardoms for this week. I like it. I like it. I'm sure Frommitz likes that Corey Davis one. But it is oh, a- I know he does. I know he does. No, I'll be honest. I like both. The Shepard one is a very like underrated move because – when you think of the Giants' offense, you think of Saquon, you think of Kenny Galladay, and then you might think of Shepard. But they also got Slayton, who is a good receiver, so Shepard really falls like under the rug. And he balled out last week. Denver corners, they're, they're young and they're talented, but Shepard still balled out and made Daniel Jones look like somewhat decent for, that, for the time being. 
So good picks, especially happy you are going unbiased with your Corey Davis one because you're a big Jeff fan now. Real comedian over here. That's awesome. Did, did Real we get big a funny guy season? over here. Did we just get front row seats to Josh's stand-up special, huh? I think we must have, boys. That's what I think. So, uh, now you tell the people who they should start in fantasy this week. All right, all right. So the first one to start is Melvin Gordon and Castle, TJ. You're going to want to cover your ears for this one because it might hurt to hear this. But he towards the Giants defense, 11 carries, 105 yards rushing, I believe, one touchdown. He was very efficient. He just ran right up the middle, and he just made the Giants defense look terrible. And the Giants defense is good, like we mentioned earlier. This week he plays the Jaguars. The Jaguars defense allowed 160 yards rushing to the Texans. So – their defense is terrible. So I expect another big week from Melvin Gordon, who proved to be the sole running back there in Denver. They drafted Javante Williams out of UNC, who people thought he would be the starting running back or at least a running back by committee. But Melvin Gordon has won that job based off his performance last week. And then my other is Hunter Renfro, wide receiver for Vegas. And he looked very good on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. We know Derek Carr loves throwing to De- to Darren Waller. He had 20 targets, 10 catches, which is ridiculous. But then there was a drop-off. There's no other receiver that he was targeting besides Hunter Renfro. They, he targeted him eight times, I believe, connected on six of them. And they're playing Pittsburgh. And their defense is good. Don't sleep on Zay Jones. Zay Jones was good. Don't don't get me wrong, Castle. Um, but Hunter Renfro is, I would say, probably their wide receiver one, along with Henry Ruggs and Zay Jones. Um, but Pittsburgh, as I was saying, their defense is good. Their pass rush is where they're at. And their corners are not what they used to be. They allowed a a lot of targets last week and a lot of completions against Buffalo. Stephon Diggs had nine catches. Cole Beasley had eight catches and Emmanuel Sanders had four. So the targets are going to be there. I expect Darren Waller to have a field day torching that defense as well as Hunter Renfro. So those are my two stardoms. And if you want, you could start Zay Jones because that'll make Castle happy. It will. Big Zay Jones guy? That game-winning touchdown was sick. And I'm a Derek Carr guy, so whatever Derek says, I say. And he says Zay Jones is the man. Yeah, listen, he was a man. uh... So so you're a Jets and a Raiders fan now? This is the biggest plot twist of 2021. (laughs) I had to throw it in there. Listen, listen, we, we, we like the jokes here. We like the jokes here. So, uh, pretty, pretty good picks. Pretty good picks all around. We'll see if they hit. But we're not done just yet because we got to give the people who they should sit. So, I'll just start it off again, you know, while I'm, while I'm at it, while I'm at the mic. So, for me, 
my uh my two sit-ums. I'm just pulling them back up. Um I said actually, Castle, you go first. I forgot. I'm trying to find it. And I'm trying to I forgot to list. You're good. So uh, I pull it back up. Ironically, my first sit-um is a guy that you said to start last week, and that's James Robinson. And I think he disappointed a lot of owners. Now, I know James Robinson is a number one. And I'm, you know, if he's one of your top two running backs, I get it. However, they do have Carlos Hyde. So with Robinson's struggles last week, could come more of split carries this week. And as we know, Jacksonville is a very fresh new team in terms of players and personnel, and they're still adjusting. So we could see more, more passes from Lawrence. Hyde could end up having a great game. It's very unpredictable. I'm not a fan of, of Jacksonville players in general. So if you can afford to start another guy over him, do it. If you can, if you even have the chance to get Carlos Hyde and you want to throw him in the flex, do it. I think it's a good move. But don't, don't start Robinson this week. And the other guy I'm saying don't start is Justin Jefferson. Now, I'm a big Jefferson fan. I do like him. He had a, I think he had two touchdowns last week in the loss against the Bengals. He actually uh, had no touchdowns, unfortunately. Thielen, Jefferson did it? Thielen had two. Oh, Thielen had the touchdowns. Okay, I knew it was one of the two. I, so, which brings me to my point. Nothing from Jefferson last week. Thielen had the two touchdowns. Thielen is always the safe option for Kirk Cousins because Jefferson's the young receiver, especially this week against that Cardinals defense. Chandler Jones having those five sacks, forget it. I think it's going to be a huge game for Dalvin Cook on the ground. I think Cousins is going to be scrambling a lot. Don't start Justin Jefferson. I know he's a number one, number two for a lot of people. Try to move stuff around. Maybe move a guy to the flex. Do whatever you got to do. But save yourself the heartbreak. Don't start Jefferson. I don't think he's going to hit more than 15 points this week. And, yeah, listen. Those are my predictions for this week. Listen to what I have to say. Last week I said sip Barkley and Harris. That panned out. I said start Debo Samuel, 32 points almost. So listen to what I got to say. If you don't, it's cool. Just enjoy football. And those are my – Well done, Castle. Well done. And we'll see if you can keep up that shriek of, you know – I. I I have no uh, ground to stand on after last week, so. Uh, you know what, though? You, 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 had, you, had, you had the insight for my picks, so it's teamwork. I give Justin Jefferson. You correct me on the stats. It's a team effort here to three-peat, except with Josh's picks. We let him stand on his own two feet. Yeah. So, hey, speaking of uh, standing on his own two feet, why don't you? Well, I'm actually going to have to give Castle credit for one of mine because I'm going to take a page out of his book. I'm going to sit Najee Harris this week. And I know hey, there you go. Might be cheating because he was a sit last week. but No cheating. No, no cheating. cheating. Right, it's fair game. Perfect. So last week, as Castle was very proud to have him as a sit, it was very unimpressive. He had 16 carries, 45 yards. People are drafting him in the first, second rounds of their drafts, which I personally think is ridiculous because that's way too high for a rookie. That's my personal opinion, but you do you and you're drafting. He got shut down by Buffalo. 
And it doesn't get that much easier because he's got Vegas this week. Vegas looked really sharp on defense. Yes, they might have folded at times against Lamar. And Lamar is Lamar. But they held their own when they needed to. And this week, Pittsburgh is going to have a tough opponent with Vegas. So I don't see Najee Harris being that productive this week. And I'll admit, I was right about my Pittsburgh pick last week. So who knows? I might go two for two when it comes to sitting Pittsburgh because I had Juju Smith as a, as a sit and he didn't do too impressive. It was Chase Claypool, like I predicted. So I'll give myself a humble brag there. And then my second sit is Miles Gaskin running back for the Miami Dolphins. And he didn't do too, too well last, last week. He was all right. That's the best way to put it. Only got nine carries against New England. I think he had 50 yards. So he had a good average, but they weren't feeding him the ball as much. They were letting Tua air it out. But who knows? I'm sure they'll try to pound the run game. But against Buffalo this week, Buffalo's run game, like I just mentioned, is tough. And they shut down Najee Harris. I expect them to do the same with Miles Gaskin. So those are my two sit-ums, two running backs that you should sit. There's plenty of guys on the waiver wire to pick up. So go hit the waiver wire, bench those two. Well, I finally uh, found my list and got my guys. Hey, it's been a long day for those people, for everyone listening. Long day, busy day. So my yeah, apologies. serious, serious uh, shout out to, to Stevie B for holding it down and hosting. The kid had a long day and he's doing a great job. Yeah, so, well, you guys keep me in check, you know. Without you guys, I I don't know what I'd be doing right now. And funny story, before we're trying to record, and as I'm walking back to my apartment, that fire alarm was was going off, and I had to wait outside. And, yeah, it it was just – nothing was kind of easy. I had a chem test this morning, so it was not an easy day. But we're here. We're talking. That's all that matters. So mine, my two synonyms. So the first one, Mark Andrews. And it's funny because I have him in one of my leagues. The problem is after watching Monday night game, the Monday night game, uh, obviously this past Monday, the Ravens don't have a passing identity. Because I just, Lamar just... I mean, Hollywood Brown was there. Sammy Watkins made some big plays. But they just kind of scare me. The whole offense scares me a little bit. All these injuries. Lamar even looks a little bit in shambles. Their defense, you know, looks pretty solid. But the offense offensively scares me a little bit. So I just – I'm hesitant on guys. And – Mark Andrews is one of them. I thought he would kind of have a big – usually that's Lamar's, like, go-to guy. And it just wasn't. And now, granted, it's only week one. But you saw Derek Carr. He targeted Darren Waller, like, 20 – I think it was 19 times to be exact. And he had 10 catches. Mark Andrews only had, like, five targets. And not any really in that red zone or anything like that. So, I, I just – they're going against Kansas City. Now, granted, Kansas City's defense did not look strong against the Browns. But that was more of the rushing game. The Browns really attacked them uh, rushing. 
And Baker still threw for over 300 yards, but no touchdowns. But I think the Chiefs will clean their, their stuff up pretty quickly. Um, but the Chiefs are just going to bring it to the Ravens, and the Ravens might be a little panicky. And I, I just don't know if Mark Andrews is a safe guy to, to rely on. I'm probably in a playing in my league because I don't have any other tight ends and all the good tight ends are gone. Um, but I, I don't, I think you should sit him if there's someone on the waiver wire or if you have a good backup tight end, sit Andrews and then just give it the week and see how he does this week. My other one, I'd be a little shocking too. I came in swinging tonight. Devontae Smith. I'm a big Devontae Smith fan. Obviously he did so well in his debut Scored a touchdown. Uh, I think he had six catches for like 70 yards. Proved to be Jalen Hurts' guy. But he's got a tough matchup with San Francisco. And I just don't see the Eagles putting up another 30-piece like they did against the Falcons. I think they're going to hit a little uh, bump. I'm not going to say it's going to go on for a while, but against a team like San Fran, that defense – so I'm not going to say Devontae Smith is not going to put up any stats, but I don't expect him to have a week like he did last week. Therefore, if you have other options, I say play those other options. I just don't like the matchup ideally. And he's still young. He's still young. So he's not going to be scoring a touchdown every single game. He's not going to put up a lot of yards every game. There's going to be a few games where he may get targeted, but just doesn't put up the stats that – um that he would like to see, and obviously as a fantasy owner, you would like to see. So Mark Andrews, Devontae Smith, mark it down. I didn't do well last week, so hopefully I'll rebound this week. Who knows? Good luck to everyone in their fantasy leagues, especially you gentlemen. And uh, everyone take care. Before we say that, though, quick few shout-outs. Shout-out to Wild Chat Sports and Kevin. Great partnership continue putting out great content so make sure to follow wild chat sports on instagram twitter facebook listen to their podcasts interviews all that great stuff tj well we got you here thanks again man for stepping in and taking this spot and you're doing a great job and thanks again for joining us tonight so much appreciated from all of us hey boys yeah you're welcome thank you again for having me and i'm glad to be a part of this journey with y'all of course and it, you know, it's only up. It's only up from here. So, and then obviously to our fans, thank you for listening. As long as you keep listening, we're going to just keep producing and keep making these episodes. And, you know, we love doing it. So thanks again, everyone. And uh, take care.